Today's reading is from the book of Acts, chapter 2. When Pentecost Day arrived, the disciples were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. Peter stood with the other apostles. He raised his voice and declared, This is what has spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness, and the moon will be changed into blood, before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. When the crowd heard this, they were deeply troubled. They, they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Change your hearts and lives. Each of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, your children, and for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God invites. The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to their shared meals, and to their prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. All the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute their pro the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Every day they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. <laughs> they shared food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. The Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to, to God. God. Morning, church. My name is Justin. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ City. It is a privilege for me to be with you today for several reasons. First, it is Kid City Sunday. This is a rhythm we started last year that every fifth Sunday of the month we'd have some of our younger saints be more involved in leading us in worship and in liturgy. Now, obviously, we've had to shift a number of things in the last few months as a result of going online, but I'm grateful to the kids for the ways they disciple me in the faith, to the parents and volunteers for your love and example to the kids, and of course to our Kid City Director, Nikki Wiggins, for coordinating all of the parts this week and uh, for your faithful and fierce care for our kids and families over the years. Second, it's Pentecost Sunday, which is the day in the Christian calendar when we celebrate the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, coming upon Jesus' disciples after Jesus had been raised from the dead and ascended to heaven. In his last days on earth, Jesus told his disciples that he had to go away, but that he would send the Holy Spirit in his place to be with them, that this Holy Spirit would come and anoint them with power to be his witnesses, to be representatives and ambassadors of his kingdom in all the earth. And as we heard in the passage that was read just now, this is what happened. The Spirit came upon the disciples. Wonderful things happened, which we'll talk more about. And the church was born. So happy birthday to the church. Third, it's the last week of our Being Church series. For the last six, seven weeks, we've been wrestling through with the aid of Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, what it means to be the church. Because church is who we are. Church is who we are. And, and though we may be physically separated in this season, we are still spiritually bonded in Christ. That's the promise. And that's the truth. 
I know it may have been hard to feel that, especially as we haven't seen friends' faces in person or given hugs or handshakes or fist bumps in far too long. We haven't sung together and gotten to hear each other sing as a congregation. And even if we've tried our best to stay connected, whether through small groups or intentionally scheduled phone calls or FaceTimes, maybe you, like me, are missing those, those looser ties, folks whose friendly faces we may know, but we don't know well enough to initiate an intentional conversation with. But Christ City family, we are still church. We're still together. We are still one local expression of the larger body of Christ, which is meeting virtually and worshiping and serving across our city and around the world. And we are still part of the communion of saints, stretching back for thousands of years and into the future for those who have not yet even been born. Now, I know that nearly three months in, we're probably all experiencing some screen fatigue. We're tired of being stretched by the demands wrought by staying at home or working from home, balancing work and kids, being socially or physically isolated, caring at a distance, grieving at a distance, or whatever situations you have found yourselves in. A recent Census Bureau survey found that nearly a third of Americans are exhibiting symptoms of clinical anxiety or depression, and that may not be news to you. There is a psychological burden that this pandemic has placed upon us. I want to name that and acknowledge that and respond to that. I'm going to try to keep things short and simple today. Uh, today's message, my, my sermon this Pentecost Sunday, it only has one point, and that is that the Spirit of God brings life to us all in Christ. The Spirit of God brings life to us all in Christ. Say it with me. The Spirit of God brings life to us all in Christ. But it must also be noted that the pandemic is not the only thing placing burdens on us. Because the pandemic has not unfortunately stopped injustice and sin. The pandemic has not unfortunately stopped racism or shut down a system built on white supremacy. And so here at the beginning of my message, I say the name of George Floyd, another black life taken too soon by a police officer whose three colleagues, including an Asian American police officer, did nothing to stop him. And in the words of anti-racism scholar Ibram Kendi, there are either racists or anti-racists. And if we are not actively working against the oppressive status quo, we are complicit. For the question that was posed to God in Genesis, in the very first book of the Holy Scriptures, of am I my brother's keeper, and by implication, am I my sister's keeper, that question is answered throughout the story of the Bible and in the person of Jesus Christ with a resounding, yes, you are. As I was praying about what to preach this week, I kept hearing the words of George Floyd echoing in my head. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Same last words of Eric Garner in 2014 when he lost his life to an illegal police chokehold. I can't breathe. I've been feeling the weight on my own chest as I've mourned and as I've lamented and I've grieved with my black brothers and sisters as they have expressed time and time again the feelings of suffocation and exhaustion and anger brought on by living in a country and within a system where it doesn't matter what you're doing, you could still become a hashtag. Bird watching while black. Sleeping in your own apartment while black. Jogging while black. It is not a reality that I have to deal with personally, but it is not a reality anyone should have to deal with. 
And so I prayed. And as I sat with those words, I can't breathe. It became clear to me that it means something on this Pentecost Sunday, on this day when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, that in the Bible, the word for spirit is also the word for wind and for breath. Ruach in Hebrew, pneuma in Greek, the Holy Spirit is the breath of God, the life-giving presence of God. In John 20, Jesus breathed on his disciples and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And throughout scripture, the Spirit gives life. From Genesis 1, when the Spirit hovered over the waters. From Genesis 2, when the Lord God formed a human being from the dust of the ground and breathed life into his lungs. To the prophet Ezekiel's vision of the valley of dry bones where the wind of God comes and brings life to a mighty army. To here in Acts 2 where the Spirit of God falls upon Jesus' disciples and the breath of God fills their lungs. And Peter, just a few weeks from denying Christ, is given the life of God. And what happens when we have the life of God in us is that we live out that life. We live out that God-given, God-shaped, God-informed life. And so Peter goes from a denier of Christ in a private courtyard to a proclaimer of Christ in a packed public square. Spirit of God gives life to us all in Christ because the Spirit of God is the life-giving breath of God. Now how does that relate to I can't breathe and to our particular moment? Come walk with me for a moment. Growing up, I remember the story of Pentecost being such a vivid one, such a, a fun sensory experience. And so I want to close your eye, I want you to close your eyes and imagine it. The disciples in a room together. Imagine the disciples in a room together. You remember what it was like to be in a room with other folks. A sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind fills the house. And the Holy Spirit comes upon them and fills the disciples. A sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind fills the house. And the Holy Spirit comes upon those disciples and they're, 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 they're able to speak in, in other languages, in other tongues. And they go out and they preach the good news. And thousands come to faith. Thousands come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pause here because I've lost my place. Pentecost was taught to me first as a story about evangelism. God's Spirit came upon His disciples to preach such a powerful message that thousands came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that is certainly one aspect of being a witness for Jesus. That is certainly one piece, one part of Pentecost. But that's not all, because Pentecost marked the beginning of the movement that was the church, and the church was to be the body of Christ. Each one of us is members of that body, belonging to Christ, being like Christ, becoming like Christ. In case you needed a reminder about who Jesus was and what Jesus was like, this was Jesus' very first speech as he began his public ministry, drawing on the prophet Isaiah, Luke 4, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus preached, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to liberate the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The Spirit of God is always at work to upend the oppressive status quo 
oppressive because that is always our sinful inclination to seek out what's best for me and mine. And if this is what Jesus was about when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, what does that mean for us as his church, as his body, as his followers, but that we are to do the same? It's one of the main points that Paul was trying to make in Ephesians 4 where he said God's goal is for us to become mature adults, to be fully grown, measured by the standard of the fullness of Christ. God wants us to grow up, to know the whole truth, tell it in love like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. We are to be and be becoming like Jesus, growing up in truth and in love. And this means that from our very inception, from our very foundation, we as the church were intended to join our Lord in the mission of His Spirit to break down the walls, to knock down the barriers, to tear down the obstacles between people and God and between people and each other. In Acts 2, when Peter explains what's happening, he points to the words of the prophet Joel, through whom God foretold that God would do this very thing, pour out God's Spirit on all people. Not just on special individuals like kings and prophets, but on all people, on men and women, on young and old, and everything in between those poles. At Pentecost, the prophecy was fulfilled that God's spirit, God's breath, God's life would be made available to all people. At Pentecost, the word of God was made available to all people in their own language. And so from the very beginning, the multi-ethnic, multicultural, multi-generational, diverse and reconciling nature of the church was made manifest. Willie Jennings, in his brilliant commentary on the book of Acts, writes, This is the beginning of a community broken open by the sheer act of God. And we are yet to comprehend the extent to which God acts and is acting to break us open. Indeed, it will be a community created by the Spirit precisely in the breaking open. God has come to them on them, with them. And this moment echoes Mary, Jesus' mother's intimate moment. The Holy Spirit again overshadows. However, this similar holy action creates something different, something startling. The Spirit creates joining. The followers of Jesus are now being connected in a way that joins them to people in the most intimate space. A voice, memory, sound, body, land, and place. The same spirit that was there from the beginning, hovering, brooding in the joy of creation of the universe and of each one of us who knows us together and separately in our most intimate places has announced, that spirit has announced the divine intention through the Son to reach into our lives, to reach into our lives and make each life a site of speaking glory. But this will require bodies that reach across massive and real boundaries, cultural, religious, and ethnic. The church is forged in the act of being broken open and joined together. Broken open and joined together. How might we in this moment be being broken open? And what or who is God calling us to be joined to? To preview what's ahead, next week we'll actually begin a new series called The Welcoming Kingdom that will explore this theme further. Friends, the wonder of Pentecost is that the Holy Spirit of God, the wind of God, the breath of God, the life of God is available to all of us who call on the name of the Lord Jesus, who trust in Him, 
who trust Him and who trust that what He says is true. Moreover, the wonder of Pentecost is that that spirit, that wind, that breath, that life binds us together in a community with others who also claim Jesus as their Lord and King, as their Savior and example. This is the church, the body of Christ, who we are. But the wonder of Pentecost is also that that spirit, that wind, that breath, that life in us compels us to love and justice to dwelling in truth by naming injustice and sin, to repenting of our sin and our complicity and our complacency, and to set ourselves to the task of dismantling systems and structures and sinful habits, to living and breathing in such a way that we might know the life and breath of God, that we might be free from our chains, our addictions, our prejudices, our demons, our blindness, and our besetting sins, and that others... Others like George Floyd, like Breonna Taylor, like Ahmaud Arbery, like other black and brown bodies mistreated and abused, like migrants and refugees viciously otherized, like sexual minorities dehumanized, like indigenous populations suffering genocide, that they too might have life and breath to the full, both literal and eternal, both now and in the life to come. The Spirit of God brings life to us all in Christ. That is what Pentecost means for me and for you and for our world. I had a whole section where I wanted to talk about the importance of the armor of God. I had a whole section written up where I wanted to talk about the importance of the armor of God. And I'm not going to do that because... The interests of time and uh, technological difficulties. So I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. I do want to highlight a couple points, though, from verses 14 and 15. It says, So stand fast with the belt of truth around your waist, and justice as your breastplate. And put shoes on your feet so that you're ready to spread the good news of peace. What might it look like for us as a community, for us as a church, for us as a people to be held together by truth? An unflinching commitment to what is real, a refusal to self-medicate or to numb or to ignore the cries of our fellow human beings, and at the same time a steadfast clinging to the one who is the truth, Jesus Christ himself. What might it look like for us to wear justice on our chest? to be marked by, to be seen for, indeed to be protected by our care and concern for what is right in God's eyes in loving our neighbors? And what might it look like to be a people who carry the good news of peace? Not peace as the absence of conflict, but peace as the fullness and wholeness of relationships, of shalom, the flourishing of all people, especially the most vulnerable among us, the the historically marginalized among us. When the people in first century Jerusalem heard Peter's message, were told they were deeply troubled. And they asked Peter what they should do, how they should respond. Peter just said, change your hearts and lives. Change your hearts and lives. God doesn't just want us to add an item to our to-do list. God wants to shift our paradigm. Pentecost was not about incremental change, a little dabbling at the edges of our lives, only seeking shifts that allow us to stay comfortable. It was about the complete upending of the status quo, 
a total transformation, a whole life change. When the Spirit comes upon us or to us, too often we try to confine the Spirit's work and leading and transformation. We try to control it. We try to make the Spirit move at our pace and in our way. But the wind of God, the breath of God, the life of God will not be contained, will not be controlled, will not be curtailed, will not be constrained or conformed to your likeness. The Spirit of God will always seek more liberation, will always drive toward more love, will always draw us toward life together with God and with one another. A joining. A joining. The only moment in human history that we have is the present. As tumultuous, as grievous, as difficult, as challenging as it is, there is no going back to the way things were. There is only right now. And right now we have the opportunity, the invitation to step into whatever the unpredictable, uncontrollable, untamable, loving spirit of God leads us. For those early disciples in Acts, they received the Holy Spirit and they became a movement. Learning together, living together, eating together, praying together, sharing everything together, selling their property and possessions so that those in need would not go without meeting together, praising together. And it says, they demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. And the Lord added daily to the community those who were being saved. The Spirit brings life to us all in Christ. Now that life of God looks different for each of us because we are all at different points in life and in our journey. But let me say this. For us as Christ City Church, we will always remain committed to the work of justice. We will always remain committed to the work of the whole gospel. We will always remain committed to what Jesus calls us to in naming and dismantling those systems of sin and, and, and injustice and racism in our own lives. But what I want us to do, what I want us to invite us into right now, this Pentecost Sunday, I want to invite us to receive the Holy Spirit. I just want to invite us to receive the Holy Spirit together. Because we need a fresh move of the Spirit. And so wherever you are, I want to invite you to sit up or to stand if you're able. I want you to place your feet firmly on the floor. I want you to put your hands out in front of you, palms down. I want to invite you to close your eyes, to remove distractions. The church is forged in the breaking open and the joining together. So whatever it is that you are carrying with you, that is being or has been broken open. The brokenness that you carry, the grief, the rage, the frustration, at what is going on out there or what is going on in here. With our palms down, I want to invite you to lay it down at the foot of the cross, to lay it down before the Lord. To trust that he's got it. 
then I want you to turn your palms over and over into a posture of receptivity, a posture of openness. And I want you to take a deep breath. Remembering that God's Spirit is closer to us than the air that we breathe. Receive the Spirit of God into your lungs. Receive the life of God into your DNA. Receive the power of God into your, into your bones. Receive the mission of God, the work of God into yourself. What is it that God is inviting you into? For some, it may be a reminder that you were loved, that you are welcome in the family of God, that you are not alone, that you are not on your own. For some, it may be a conviction, a challenge, that there is work to do. There has always been work to do, but maybe for the first time this, these last few weeks, God has put it on your heart that it is not just someone else's responsibility, but it is yours. You are part of the mission of God. What is God saying to you? What is God laying on your heart? May we, by the power of the Spirit, truly be the church, be the body of Christ. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Whatever it is that you have, whatever it is that God laid on your heart, whatever it is that God uh, placed on you, the next step I want to ask you to do is I want you to share it. Share it with somebody or some bodies. You can share it with a friend, a trusted, uh, a trusted friend. You could share it with your small group. Uh, you could share it in our Facebook community group. You could share it with me. I would love to hear what God is, is leading you into, what God might be leading us into as a community. I want to hear that. And so you're welcome to fill out a connection card if you want to put, go, go about it that way, or you can just email me, justin at christcitydc.org. I want to hear this. And the reason that we want to share it is because if, we're, if we keep it on our, our, uh, to ourselves, if we keep it to ourselves, well, the temptation that this holy fire that feels a little too uncomfortable right now, uh, we, we might just want that to ebb away and vanish. And so uh, let's keep each other's flames lit um, and encourage each other.